it's time for the big show with Andy Gallo and Country Jim. Hello, everybody. I'm Andy Gallo. And I'm Country Jim. And welcome to the podcast. Got Don Martinez with us. Good to have you with us. And uh, I'm going to let you lead off here, Country. Well, I really... Um I'm excited about uh, about having him. I mentioned him some time ago that I thought we ought to have right. have Don on. I used to go to uh, a Saturday jam up at Borsky's. Mm-hmm. I've uh, I've heard him on a number of occasions, and I I really like his his uh, I like his music, and I like his uh, spirit in presenting himself as an entertainer. Uh, Don, uh, I don't know hardly anything at all, really, about your child. I say on here that we all started out as a child. Uh, (laughs) Some still are. (laughs) I've returned. I've regressed to those days. Tell me about uh, your uh, childhood and any musical instruments, uh, uh, influences, and learning to play guitar or whatever. Well, um, start out, most people that are around right now have the influence of church music um we didn't have that um i went to a mexican baptist church because of my father's family my mother is from overseas my dad met her while he was in the military so when i was probably in junior high we about sixth grade i guess it was there was a falling out at the church and um we ended up going to the Catholic Church, St. Thomas. There was music there, and there was some piano music at the at the other church, but it was it was more traditional. That was one experience. But then, whenever we went to the Catholic Church, they had guitars and drums and this and that. But it's through Catholicism, you don't sing Amazing Grace and the other yeah. things like that. It's chants and things like that. So, very different background and then um, the, I, I attribute most of my musical influence to the fact that my grandmother had a restaurant we had one of the restaurants my uncle had one of the other restaurants so growing up the jukebox hmm. and and saving it used to be a fight to see who would get the 45s um, and I remember a long cool woman in a black dress Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. I remember all those things. And then I asked for a horse uh, in 1968. And uh, I got, I, did, I told Santa Claus about it. And <laughs> I was assured that it was going to happen. And there's a picture of me holding up a guitar. I was four years old and I was not happy about it. <laughs> and I think my dad probably rethought that he should have bought the horse. <laughs> <laughs> That is good. So that's the background, basically. It was a little bit different. And then uh, my mother hated Hee Haw, so it wasn't allowed to be watched. Um, but when I got a little bit older, the Midnight Special, mm-hmm. I was mesmerized yeah. by the Midnight Special yeah. and even Soul Train. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It, it, it was a weird time. I was born in 1964. But that's where we started. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the first major influence was the old record players. Yep. At Kmart, when they were, or Grant City, that was in Huntsville, they had just opened up in about 1970, had a record section. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Cash um, had that, that album in 1968, I believe it was, mm-hmm. um, Live at Folsom Prison. Oh, yeah. And, and my, I begged my father to, to buy me that. 
to this day exactly. Mm-hmm. I wore that record out. So that's mm-hmm. my that was my early early influences mm-hmm. for sure. Do you remember? Uh, I remember the first two songs I I learned to play and sing on the guitar. Do you remember? Was it a Johnny Cash song or? When you started saying, okay, I'm going to play and sing myself, you remember any of the early songs that you... Would it have been rock and roll? Or? Don't laugh, but it was Little Brown Jug. I found an old Mel Bay thing and, and tried to figure out chords, and I would play on that guitar. And it was one of the ones, it was a combo unit that you could get from Sears and Rose, Roebuck, and it was a Telecaster. And um, that was my first deal, and I would go through there. And then my brother in 1972 had won a Yamaha FG200 and FFA, and then I would play it. And whenever I was 16 or 15, he came to the house. He'd already moved out. He was seven years older than I was, but he, uh, he, uh, I thought it was mom and dad coming down the hallway, so I didn't put the thing up or whatever. So he came in the room, and I was playing Led Zeppelin. <laughs> and I turned around and just, because he was seven years older than me, you know, and uh, I kind of, he goes, how long have you been doing that? And I was like, just today, you know. <laughs> he knew I was lying. <laughs> but music was one of those things that um, was in me. So, you know, what you would say basically then kind of rock and roll was your was your main thing. It was, it, it, to a, to a, a certain degree, probably yeah. more acceptable. Uh, Roy Orbison. Yeah. Okay. Um, back then, families would get together after church, and you go um, go over to Aunt's house and have yeah. coffee and cake, and we'd go back in the back, and everybody had like a little turntable, and so we would we would play a little bit of everything. You know, I uh, I love your vocals, but if what I'm hearing is you were you were very interested in the instrumental side of music. Though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yes, the group Yes. Um, Steve Morris and the Dixie Dregs. Um, Carlos Santana. Um, I mean, I could name you thousands of them. And I was still mesmerized by watching the videos. I still watch them from time to time. Of, um, uh, whenever they had Woodstock. And you realize that that's Neil Sean from Journey that's 15 years old that's up there on stage playing with Carlos Santana. Wow. A lot of people don't know that. Right. And so yeah. uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't have any major influences of country other than mm-hmm. um, Johnny Cash. And I did like uh, one of my first people I tried to emulate was uh, Roy Clark. Oh, yeah. Roy Clark was a phenomenal guitar player. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In his own right. Yeah, uh, Buck Owens was oh, yeah. another one that yeah. I still, to this yeah. day, <clears throat> admire what he yeah. created. Yeah. It, it affected the Yardbirds, everything that he did. Sure. I mean, it's yeah. it's still in our music today. Yeah. That's that Bakersfield beat that mm-hmm. he created all that. Oh, yeah. Didn't yeah, exist. Absolutely. So when you, the first band that you formed or the first band that you were in, mm-hmm was what rock and roll then or or just a it was a offshoot of the grateful dead jam band kind of thing um we played uh neil young cinema girl um i remember playing that uh my my hey hey and then there was other version hey hey my my um uh played a lot of things like that and then one of the problems that i ran into dealing with um everything from school uh, to music 
was I didn't really care to play note for note. My, it just didn't appeal to me. It wasn't yeah. one of those things, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, I mean, it was just, like I say, musical influences were all over the place. Um, and then the other thing, too, was being of Hispanic background, mm-hmm. a lot of times my parents used to watch the Sunday afternoon shows that were in Spanish where you've got the uh, mariachis and things like that. So there was always that influence of mm-hmm. rhythm mm-hmm. back behind there. Mm-hmm. Did you ever try to do Garcia's, speaking of the Grateful Dead, I Will Survive? I can could, I could almost hear you doing that song. I've never actually done that. Um, and some of the stuff, it's very, very loose. And our, right. our, first, our first band, yeah. we actually had, I was the only one that was not in actual band. I purposely failed the band test because there was a stigma of being in the band. Mm-hmm. I, I played football and sports. I was in, right. uh, in yeah. boxing and, and uh, I did karate and judo and things wow. like that. So I didn't know about all that. Can we get you to play something? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Me great, man. I was thinking about some things I used to love to hear you do, Simple Man. What, oh, was Simple Man originally um, Leonard Skinner's song? As far as I know, um, the the Leonard Skinner, all the Southern rock things came about later. They were not my first. I remember, and this is going to... Didn't you used to do Simple Man? Oh, absolutely. I still oh, yeah. do it. Yeah. I still do it. And then the uh, Tom T. Hall song, the people don't think I was being a... Uh, uh, the, Mem- the Memphis song... Love Tom T. Hall. Yeah. Love Tom T. Hall. Um, a lot of times, this, the stuff that really, really kind of got my attention was Almond Brothers. Yeah. I really, really love the Almond <clears throat> Brothers. Um, and too, they, they would be country today. They, they would. Marshall I mean, Tucker. Yes, absolutely. All those were yeah. using pedal steel. There's a lot of those guys that really have great, great talent. What's the... So what you want to do? Well, I'll play... Um, one of my favorite ones. Um, well, hello there. Lord, it's been a long, long time. How am I doing? Lord, I'm seems now for so long now seems like only yesterday ain't it funny how time just slips away so I love Willie Nelson because of his timing Mm-hmm. And each person that I try to, I wouldn't say I try to emulate anybody, because I really don't. I heard some Willie Lexington in there. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, saw him in 1978. Um, I saw Atlanta Rhythm Section. Atlanta Rhythm Section was the turning point for me. Atlanta Rhythm Section came to, oh, 
Huntsville, and I was in junior high. And a friend of mine uh, asked me if I wanted to go to this concert. It was a group called Point Blank and um, Atlanta Rhythm Section, and they had um, Champagne Jam, I think is what it was at the time. And so we went there and we came in. All of a sudden, you know, the lights shut down, the stage lights come on, it's extremely loud and so forth. And then my friend, who, uh, Woody, he, um, he, he loved music in general, but he was like, come on, come on, let's go down to the front, let's go down to the front. And I said, well, we're supposed to be sitting here in the seat. So uh, he talked me into going down to the front and there was a guy named Paul Goddard on bass, real big, big guy, long, long hair. And these guys were playing um, uh, Imaginary Lover and all these other other songs and so forth. And it was, I was sitting there and they were larger than life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is what I want to do. That is what I want to be. Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan was another one that, uh, to be I, honestly, I've got, I've only been to enough concerts, probably less than five yeah. or six i just don't like crowds yeah. which is kind of weird because people ask me how do you get up on stage and i said this is my magic wall yeah plus you're on stage and i'm on stage you're not yeah you're not with all the yeah hey talk about raising cane that's an interesting story i had just met rick salesley whenever he was um he had put out i think it was patsy roof and um, he song. had some backing, um, was on the radio and so forth. I, I was, it was a Saturday jam at Borsky's and Rick came in. And um, so we, we go in there and we were playing songs and kind of doing like what Jim and I are doing, talking about different stories about mm-hmm. different things that went wrong and, and gigs that you show up and you're double booked and mm-hmm. telling funny stories. But they're not, they're not, really funny stories there were absolute tragedies that actually happened to us you know you travel five hours and only you know you've come to find out you know the good old boys are playing here tonight like wait a minute we we talked to melissa and she booked us melissa got fired a month ago i mean we ran into that all the time if you're in the music business you're gonna run into that so that's that's rick salesley um and we barry uh did a phenomenal night that night he said i want y'all here every wednesday doing the same thing. So every Wednesday for many years, we used to do that. And um, I did um, run into Bob, uh, Robert Bice. He was still working for the railroad at the time. And they that's the three core members. Everybody else is a floater. Depends upon where we're playing or whatever. But Marty Holmes is another one that we met at Borsky's. Marty's steel, mother. Steel player. Steel player, phenomenal steel player. Steve Pipkin. A good, a good guy from over in Cleveland. He's in the other one. And we used to play with Robin Mims. And uh, I got to play with, um, oh, uh, what's the granddaddy of pedal steel? Uh, Herb Remington. Herb Remington. Yeah, yeah. Herb told me, he says, uh, I was doing some pedal steel bins one day. And I was, I was going through and I said, do that little thing or whatever. So I was doing it with my Telecaster. And I like. And he was like. You know, I don't like guys like you. You know, you make it, make it tougher for guys like this. So um, that's basically the core members, and we uh, we still do it as Raising Cane, but it's uh, it used to be the Rick and Don deal, and it was Don Martinez and uh, uh, the Don Martinez band was the original band, 
but and that's before Sousley and, and yeah, everybody else. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and I used to play and, with. And that was mainly rock and roll, or it was a mixture. Um, I used to get corporate jobs okay. a lot of times. Okay. Got to play everything there. Yeah, yeah. 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 they okay. they control yeah. your music and sure. things like that. Um, sure. There's two. Well, Barry <clears throat> Barry Pollock said this a long time ago because I didn't fit in Daborski's whenever I first went. The first song, Sam and them still actually owned it. Yeah. And uh, I, I went in there, and Dan Weaver was there. I'm not sure if you remember Dan, but Dan played. He used to play with, with all the older guys or whatever. But uh, Dan Weaver came up to me, and um, he says, uh, he says, uh, you a musician? And I said, I said, I'll play a little guitar. So he turned around. He said, I told y'all. I told y'all he's a guitar picker. So they invited me to play a song. And so I got up, and I played Stevie Ray Vaughan, like Pride and Joy or something like that. And Sam, remember, you know, Sam, oh, yeah. Sam Page, he's like, well, thank you for coming out today, and uh, I hope to see you again soon. And I said, Everybody else got five songs, and I got one. <laughs> I didn't fit. You didn't, you know, yeah. I didn't fit. But yeah. Barry wanted to change the format, and Barry's, and I agree with him, there's two different kinds of music. There's the good kind and the bad kind. Mm-hmm. The kind of people that, that, that you like and the kind that you don't like. Right. That's what it boils down to. Right. Right. You can appreciate anything if you, if you listen to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yep. And the problem with Don Martinez band, uh, especially in this area, um, we got booked over in Shepherd one night, and these ladies all showed up. They thought we were a salsa band. But I, I loved seeing you and Sousley yeah. song swap. No, the contrast was uh, mm-hmm. great. What what works with us that because there are there's some phenomenal guitar players that he's played with mm-hmm. um, I just am and just another guitar player I'm not a vocalist I'm a guitar player Rick is not a guitar player he's a vocalist mm-hmm. yeah. there's not any competition right. Right. My, my goal has always been to make him sound better mm-hmm. and give him that confidence right. And I feel that he does the same thing with me, mm-hmm. except for songs he doesn't like. Then right. he purposely. You know. <laughs> now, did y'all both sing uh, harmony on the others? Y'all are if y'all are swapping songs and it's his song. Did you sing harmony, or did y'all not have harmony at all? I thought I remember He's, y'all. We we, y'all we do harmony. we do now. That was yeah. a developed thing, and yeah. and and I remember watching Rick. And whenever I first met Rick, I mean he was flat as a board and he's just it's effortless mm-hmm. he makes it look too easy he does yeah. and and that's the you know you see the same thing uh, years ago we opened up for Ray Price back in like 2006 um, Jeff Wolseley I think was part of that whole deal it was a Magnolia Music Fest so and Cor- uh, Corey Morrow was there and uh, sitting beside somebody you, you don't get any better playing with people that are less than you are you get better by playing with people that are better than you mm-hmm. and rick is his vocals his it's i mean it's intimidating mm-hmm. i mean to sing after him yeah. it takes a lot mm-hmm. and and i'll never be him right. and at the same time he'll never be me right. but you put the two of us together and we complement each mm-hmm. other yeah. and we give each other a hard time but we sure do appreciate you being here, man. Oh, man. It's been a great, We've had a good time. Why don't you play, play, play us out with something? Play yeah. us out with a little something there. We'll catch you folks on the next one.
for listening to The Big Show with Andy Gallo and Country Jim. This has been a Unicap Media presentation.